Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Looks like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It's Thursday morning on the podcast feed. I'm recording this Wednesday night, April 6th. The draft is just a few weeks away. It's been a little bit of a lull here in the news, which is okay. We need it just a bit. Get our get our uh, bearings before the draft hits and then craziness ensues. I'm, of course, your host, as always, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Last week's show, if you missed it, uh, it was the quarterback and running back post-free agency ranking. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. Cover the top 20 or so quarterbacks, uh, top 24 wide receivers. Good exercise this time of year. Uh, we have a whole player crop coming in, obviously, with this rookie class. So looking forward to adding them in. We'll do some post-draft rankings later on this summer. But on today's show, we're going to be covering the wide receiver and tight end rankings post-free agency. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, honestly, taking a look at these rankings the wide receiver names kind of dried up a little quicker uh, than I expected. Usually I can get 24, 30 deep, and I'm still liking what I see. Like, hey, these are guys are solid twos. You know, I feel really good about it. I'm going to cover the top 30 in my rankings today. But to be honest with you, it, it dries up a little quicker than that. So we're going to get to that here in just a moment. Tight end uh, was also interesting. And this was a position I was looking forward to post-free agency. I think there's a lot of fun names here. But I do think there's a cliff. I do think there's a drop-off where once you get to that point, it's the point of no return. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before. So before we dive into this, just want to remind you guys, if you like what you hear, whether it's here on the SmackDown, other shows on this feed, leave us a review. Always appreciate a great way for the show to get a little bump as we are churning out great content here on the Warzone Network. If you missed anything from the last week or so, make sure you go back, check those shows out. Uh, it's been a fun time here on the Warzone feed. So don't just check out the SmackDown. Be sure to check those other episodes out as well. Uh, and with that, let's just dive right into this thing. Let's cover the wide receivers. I think we all know the name at the top of the list here. Uh, I did my top 10s at each position about a month ago, pre-free agency. So I'm going to reference some of those rankings here to see where they maybe where players went up or down, uh, depending on how they were impacted by free agency, whether it be them signing different teams, being traded, or players coming into their situation. But at the top of the board, I think we all know who it is. It's Cooper Cup. Triple crown winner last year was awesome. More than four points per game, better than the wide receiver two. Had 22 more receptions than that. the second best wide receiver. Had more than 300 yards than the second best wide receiver last season. And I don't really see him slowing down. Now, he will come back to earth, I think, just a bit. That was just ungodly what he did in 2021. But he's still paired with Matthew Stafford. A lot of consistency there. We'll have Allen Robinson on the other side of him rather than Robert Wood slash OBJ. So we'll see what they do. Uh, as far as if they try to add a little bit more uh, to the wide receiver room, but I, it doesn't really matter. Cup's locked in. He has his role, and he's the wide receiver one. Not much else to say there. Number two, this guy moved up one spot in the rankings, uh, as did the next few here, mainly because one player moved down. Uh, but for me, he is actually with Cooper Cup in tier one at the receiver position. Moving up from three to two is Justin Jefferson. 
fourth in targets last year, second in yards at the position. He has over 3,000 yards in his first two seasons in the league, and the dude is an absolute stud. I think he even has a little bit more room to grow when you look at the touchdown numbers. Still paired with Kirk Cousins there, so should be fine. It's going to be the alpha one in that offense and is purely a, a stud. Uh, he's a top eight overall pick uh, in redraft leagues next season. Again, all these all these rankings are redraft. By the way, I just want to clarify that uh, as we're moving forward. But for redraft 2022, Justin Jefferson, man, is an absolute monster. He's the dynasty wide receiver one for me. But for redraft leagues, he's the wide receiver two. And uh, looking forward to picking this kid in the first round if he's there for me. Jumping into tier two at the position is three through five. Uh, a couple of these two players moved up two spots apiece. Uh, moving from five to three is Jamar Chase heading into his sophomore season. Didn't have a ton of targets his rookie his rookie year. Now there were enough. The dude got it done. Had some monster games. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you're gonna if you're gonna have to be picky here at the top of the board, only 128 targets. That's 17th among the wide receivers. He had some monster games. He had two games uh, with over 200 yards. Uh, he had three games with over 100 yards. 13 total touchdowns last year. So when he he boomed, he boomed. But he also had some games where he just necessarily didn't step up and put up you know that consistent wide receiver one numbers. Uh, and I think part of that is one, just being a rookie, a little bit of inconsistency there. But two, he's in one of the best receiving cores in the league. I don't think Joe Burrow has to funnel 160 targets to him. So I'm hoping that 128 target number jumps up to you know 140. That'd be perfect, and I think he can be here. Uh, but the dude is just an absolute playmaker. So I think if you're looking at somebody scoring 13 touchdowns. Uh, it, this is one of those guys that I'm like, man, it might be safe, you know, to kind of replicate those numbers year after year, the way this kid came on to the scene last season. Number four, the man just got the bag, signed a big money contract extension and rightfully so coming off a career high 10 touchdowns, jumping from six to four. And my rankings is Bill's wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. This dude does not have a target issue. 160 plus targets the last two seasons. Now, the yardage was down just a bit when you compare 2021 to 2020, but the dude is consistent as they come. The targets provide him with a very safe floor. And while 10 touchdowns was a career high, and he's probably not going to replicate that, you can still re expect seven, eight, nine touchdowns from this guy and balancing out that with all the catches and yardage that you'll see from Stefan Diggs in 2022, receiving passes from Josh Allen still. Uh, Debo, uh, Brian Debold moving to uh, New York is a little bit of a difference there but they just promoted from within as far as the offensive coordinator there with Ken Dorsey. So I think Allen and Diggs are going to continue to put out big numbers for fantasy owners in 2022. So he's my wide receiver four. And rounding out tier two, dropping three spots in my early top 10 rankings is King Money, the man, Devontae Adams. I love the dude for 2022 still. I sold him off in some redraft leagues because I felt like the getting was good uh, as it was going to get uh, with him in Vegas. Now, I took a look. At the last, uh, what was that, four seasons with Derek Carr, there were only two players that had, uh, since uh, Michael Crabtree in 2017, that had more than 100 targets. That year, 2017, Michael Crabtree had 101 targets. That's it. Uh, you look at Darren Waller in 2020, 145 targets. The only other receiver to eclipse 100 targets since Crabtree in 2017 with Derek Carr was last year, Hunter Renfro, 128. Devontae Adams averaged 10 targets per game over the last four seasons. That's a huge sample size. And we've seen it from him and Rodgers. Rodgers would just funnel the ball to Devontae Adams. Now, does this Josh McDaniels offense coming in, in combination with Derek Carr, in combination with the love fest between these two players, does that equal 150 plus targets? 
I, there's a question there for me. Uh, now, I think it, I think he can still get to that 145, 150 range. For me, the big question marks the touchdowns. Adams has been a touchdown red zone machine. Does that continue? Uh, you're talking about a guy in Derek Carr that was sub 30 touchdowns. He's lived in that range, right? Versus Aaron Rodgers, extremely efficient touchdown monster, despite his last lack of pass attempts. So I think Adams just sees the touchdowns comes down. He's still in this tier two for me, but he's hanging right on the edge. Um, I, he's the one guy out of Chase Diggs and Adams, obviously being ranked the third of the three, where I'd be like, ah, he might just knock down into tier three. He's still going to be a top eight wide receiver for me for 2022, but there's that question mark moving locations uh, to the AFC West. All right, tier three is wide receivers six through 11 for me. There is a ton of different players in this tier for sure. Moving up one spot from seven to six in my rankings uh, what uh, at post-free agency is A.J. Brown. For me, nothing really changed for this kid. Brings in Robert Woods on the other side. That's good talent overall for this Vikings team. But A.J. Brown isn't a guy that you're worried about really who's across from him because he's an absolute playmaker. Uh, didn't see a lot of targets over the course of his career. No more than 106 uh, targets in a season. Dealt with a little bit of injury last season. But he had 19 touchdowns his first two seasons, just five last year due to the injury. I think this kid is just, again, an absolute monster out there. And the talent will overcome the lack of opportunity that you may, you won't see for A.J. Brown compared to a Stefan Diggs or a few of these guys we're going to touch on here, uh, even in this tier. So still like A.J. Brown quite a bit, but he's, he's pretty clearly in a tier behind Chase and Diggs for me. Number seven, moving up from 10 to seven. And I'm trying not to be biased, and I'm hesitant as hell. Uh, believe me, C.D. Lamb heading into his third season. I just haven't really seen the superstar potential from this kid yet. Uh, he only had nine more targets this sophomore year than he did his rookie season. With Amari Cooper leaving town, I don't think the Cowboys are done adding wide receiver. It's pretty obvious. Uh, there's reports that they were looking at Devontae Parker. Uh, they've already brought in some rookie wide receivers for visits. Uh, I think they're going to add, but I think Lamb will see some more looks compared to what he saw the last two years. I think that they are going to have to funnel more targets his way. So I like him here in this tier three. Do I think, do I feel comfortable with him as a top eight wide receiver? I'm not quite sure. Um, so he's a guy that could move around a little bit for me, but he does move three slots up just because I think there's going to be more opportunity with Amari Cooper no longer in town and the resigning of Michael Gallup, who I don't expect to be ready for the start of the season, whether that's one week, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb's going to see quite a bit of work. Number eight on this list is Debo Samuel. Everybody's darling. Everybody's trying to be Debo Samuel. He moves from nine to eight in my rankings. I think, again, this is similar to an A.J. Brown situation. The dude just performs with the ball in his hand. 77 receptions last year is enough is nothing to write home about, but 1,400 yards. That's crazy efficiency. Add in the eight rushing touchdowns, just nuts. He's not going to do that again next year. I don't care who it is. That's really, really tough to replicate. Plus, you factor in the unknown a little bit with Trey Lance. I think Samuel's going to get, he's going to get his, you know, 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards. Does the touchdown number come down from 14 total touchdowns, maybe down to six or seven? I could see that happening. But I think you got to buy into the upside at wide receiver eight. Wide receiver nine, if you want to play it safe, if you if you'd like vanilla ice cream, you eat brand cereal, uh, and you just want to be chilling knowing that you're going to have a productive 2022 season from your wide receiver that you picked at the top of the board, that's Keenan Allen. 100 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns in the bag, book it, it's done. Uh, with Justin Herbert there, even with them bringing back Mike Williams, Allen's still going to get peppered to death. Uh, so he moved, He actually moved into my top 10 due to a few guys bumping just down a bit. 
So got to love Keenan Allen as safe as they come. He's a locked and loaded top 12 wide receiver for me, no doubt. All right. New to the top 10 as well, coming in at number 10, Mike Evans. He was wide receiver 11 in points per game in 2021. Just 114 targets. So like we've said, some of these guys target monsters. Some of these guys aren't going to see it. But in his two years with Tom Brady, on his 144 receptions, the dude has 27 touchdowns. The dude's going to continue to put up monstrous touchdown numbers. So you got to put him here at the back end of uh, wide receiver one territory. And rounding out my tier three at number 11, I'm still going to buy into the talent, even with the uncertainty of the change in scenery and a little bit of unknown on whether Tua can support these wide receivers. I'm still going to go with Tyreek Hill. 159 targets last year. That's a ton. That was a career high. 111 catches. Uh, we saw uh, Waddle just getting peppered to death with 140 plus targets last year. I think Tyreek's going to be the main focal point of this offense. That's why they spent the, the picks. That's why they paid him the cash. Uh, and in this offense, I think he's going to be heavily, heavily featured. So while his upside definitely drops, he goes from number four, drops seven spots down to number 11, but he stays in this tier three just because the dude is an absolute freak and you got to buy into the talent here. So I'm going to stick with Tyree Kill as a borderline wide receiver one for 2022. Next tier, tier four is wide receivers 12 through 15 in my rankings. Honestly, this is kind of where I start getting a little, little washy. There's a few guys in here I still like, uh, but if you're banking on these guys, to be locked wide receiver ones, I'm, I'm a, a little bit concerned. But if these guys are my wide receiver two, I'm loving life because once I get into tier five, there's a lot of question marks. Number 12 for me, still going to go with Old Faithful. I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. 160 targets in 2020 with Kyler Murray getting peppered to death. Then something changed. They were spreading the ball around way too much if you're a Hopkins owner. His, his eight touchdowns in his 10 games was crazy, but his pace numbers for targets was just over 100. That's not good enough. Uh, you can't expect he has never been a huge touchdown guy. Now with the loss of Christian Kirk, they haven't really added much to this passing game. So I think Hopkins assuming health, I think is still going to be extremely efficient. Does he get to 160 targets like he was in 2020? Probably not, but I think 140, 145 puts him at a really nice number and gets you that eight touchdowns. You're going to feel good about DeAndre Hopkins as a low end one potentially gift drafting him as your wide receiver two. Number 13 on this list. Also in tier four is T Higgins. Uh, back-to-back years with just 14 games, around 108, 110 targets those first two seasons, 900-plus yards, did break 1,000 last year, six total touch, six touchdowns each of the last two seasons, was wide receiver 13 in points per game. He had some games where he absolutely blew up, double-digit targets, huge games. He's not Jamar Chase, but the dude is, at, is still a stud-wide receiver. They still have Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd still had 90-plus targets. He's going to see those targets there. Uh, so I like T. Higgins a lot. Uh, but I just think his upside just a little bit capped. He was probably going to be right there around uh, that 1,100, 1,200 yards. I'm hoping he can get to eight touchdowns, uh, and it's going to give you a really, really solid season. Again, just over 1,009 gave him wide receiver 13 numbers and points per game in 2021. So I think he can replicate that at minimum, and I kind of like his upside even a little bit more than Hopkins just by his coach, but I have him ranked back-to-back 12-13. 14, 15 are similar wide receivers to me in my, uh, just based off of uh, they should see a lot of targets again, but there's a question mark to me on whether how much uh, on how much that's going to carry fantasy value. Deontay Johnson comes in at wide receiver 14, wide receiver nine in points per game last season, was tied for second with uh, Adams in targets for 169. Quarterback change there in Pittsburgh. Does that change things up? Juju's no longer there. Well, he missed most of the season anyway. I still like Deontay Johnson to be a target monster, 
but to their those just not to be very efficient targets. So I think he's pretty safe as a wide receiver too. At PPR, absolutely. Um, but I'm liking him here in tier four. And number five, if I could rank this guy lower, I would, but I just think you cannot get away from the target numbers. 163 targets sixth in the league last season. This is DJ Moore. The problem is even last year being sixth in the league in targets, he was 26th in points per game. He's had four touchdowns each of the last three seasons. That is not good enough. That's not even remotely close to good enough. Uh, you need we need to see bigger play out DJ Moore, and unfortunately, I haven't seen anything around him change enough that's going to convince me that it's going to be any different for him this year. Uh, is it Sam Darnold again? Is it going to be a rookie by week five? Probably, uh, and I just don't love the efficiency numbers that I, you would expect from DJ Moore in that situation. So I'm going to stick him at 15. He's still still my tier tier four. Anyone getting 150 targets, you know, is is going to produce enough fantasy value to be a wide receiver too. In most cases, but again, even from what we saw from more from last season, 160 plus couldn't even break the top 24 in points per game. Tier five is 16 through 20 in my ranking. So another five wide receivers here. Um, there's a couple of guys in here that have extreme upside. And then there's just a, there's a few other guys that I'm just like comfortable with them putting up decent numbers, but their upside is capped. And that player for me is Michael Pittman. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be just, a solid wide receiver too for his NFL career. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually if he could finish 11, 12 in there with the right situation pair with Matt Ryan. I think he's in for a little bit better season than last year, but not by much. He was wide receiver 26 in points per game uh, over a thousand yards, six touchdowns, 88 receptions. I can see him doing that again. Um, so I have him here wide receiver 16, just because I think he's fairly safe. His upside is probably this. Um, so you're probably paying a premium if you draft him as wide receiver 16 off the board, but I think he's going to be just, you're you're just your perfect wide receiver too. Uh, that hopefully you might even be able to get a little bit later than some of these bigger names. Um, but I got Pittman at 16. 17 is Terry McLaurin. He gets a quarterback upgrade, maybe kind of similar to Pittman, right? Is this is a lateral move there in Washington? McLaurin was not good last year. 32 in points per game, 130 targets his first two seasons. So the dude, you know, has has seen volume. He put up really good numbers in 2020, but 2021 just did not produce what you needed to see from him uh in Washington and I don't see enough that's changed that's gonna make me think he can be a top 12 wide receiver like I thought maybe heading into last year I think he him and Pittman will be very similar number 18 for me and 19 are two guys that I think have crazy upside but they still have a lot of question marks so right now I'm conservatively ranking them in tier five at 18 and 19 and that is Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin with Cooper it's purely how many games is Deshaun Watson playing is he playing 12 is he playing eight if he's out there for 12 or more 12 or more games, I think Cooper is a top 15 wide receiver, and it's easy. I would even put him right probably at 12 um, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I think the dude is still extremely talented, was a cap casualty, I guess. Uh, but with paired with that quarterback in an offense that is a little bit light on talent, I think Cooper is in for a huge season, despite them probably continuing to be fairly run first. But again, Deshaun Watson, baby. Let's go. So Amari Cooper, 18 for me right now with upside. Number 19 is a wide is a wide receiver that I think is just going to – it depends on how you want to approach draft day. If you're looking to feel real comfortable with your team for the first month of the season, uh, then you won't draft this player. But Chris Godwin at 19 is a top 10 wide receiver when he's on the field. Uh, he tore his ACL, though, as a reminder, in week 15. That's pretty late in the season. Uh, if you remember back Cooper Cup, he tore his ACL late in the season, came back. He was wide receiver four the next year. 
Cup did it in week 10. Godwin did it in week 15. And that month's going to make a difference. I don't expect Godwin to be full strength, even if he's out there, if he's not on the pup. Got to pay attention to his uh, rehab. Now, if he comes back, everybody, you know, the whole line is, well, it's in today's world and modern medicine. Great. If Godwin's out there and he's ready to go, I got to bump up the list because once he is full strength paired with Tom Brady, the dude is going to be a must-start wide receiver and is going to leapfrog a ton of these players. Um, but if he's on the pub and he misses six games, you got to draft him knowing that all right, I'm going to have to rely on some depth here. So it's going to maybe a little bit harder to draft in maybe deeper leagues, but shallow leagues, you still got to pay up for this kid. Rounding out tier five, hanging on by a thread still. I still have Jalen Waddle. Uh, 10th in targets last year, 141. That's coming down. Um, he had seven or more targets in 10 of his last 11 games. That's probably unlikely. <laughs> uh, seven or more targets. I, I, I think he's consistently could be in that five to six range with Tua. Um, but with Tyreek Hill being the featured wide receiver there, I think Waddle is still extremely talented. I like him. Um, but to have him even here in tier, tier five, I felt uneasy about. Um, chances are I'll probably bump him down uh, a spot or two. I think he can be a low end wide receiver two for you. Take him uh, around that top 24 range. Uh, the rest of these guys, 21 through 30 right now, I don't have them broken out into separate tiers. I think these guys are all kind of similar. I'm going to bust through them pretty quick here. Um, but uh, 21, the fall is finally over. I threw DK Metcalf here. He drops from 8 to 21. The quarterback situation, it's looking like Drew Locke. We'll see what they do if they move up to try to get a rookie quarterback in, in there. But I just you can't love the situation for him. Uh, he also he already wasn't a big target guy. He's a big touchdown uh option in fantasy 12 touchdowns overcame his sub 1000 yard season in 2021 is this team going to be in a position to score uh with this offense so i still think he can be good enough the talent should be there uh for him the quarterback situation is really where what worries me so to have him here even in the top 24 is is kind of tough and my guess is once we add the rookies in here once we get a little bit more clarity on some of these other players i'm going to mention here right behind him he's going to bump down still even more Number 22 is Adam Thielen, uh, the 10 touchdowns in 13 games. This, this is a touchdown guy. Now, the difference is between Metcalf and Thielen. Thielen still has his quarterback. Uh, now, just the 95 targets last year at 13 games, I think he can still get you that 120. Um, and he's been a touchdown monster. So I think for right now, you can still count on him as a low-end wide receiver, too. Number 23 is Jerry Judy. Russell Wilson, baby, let's go. Got, this kid has seen tons of targets that have been uncatchable for the last – Last two seasons, and I think this kid has some major league upside uh, in 2022. He's a candidate to jump any of the top three, any of the three names ahead of him, Thielen, Metcalf, and Waddle. Um, but for right now, I'll slot him in at 23. Number 24 is Juju Smith-Schuster. He has room to move as well, but leaving him here conservatively, TBD. I expect them to draft a receiver in round one. So I think when they do, he's going to stick right here. He still can put up a solid season. But if you're expecting him to be a top 12 wide receiver, you better hope that they just go completely ignoring the position. But if they draft a guy, even in round one, I still think this isn't going to be a one-for-one one play. You know, some only one player is going to replace Tyree Kill. This is going to be a committee, one or two guys that need to step up and replace that production. Remember, Hill had 160 targets last year. Uh, I still think that there's somebody can come in uh, as a rookie wide receiver, uh, you know, see that 80, 90 targets, and there's still enough left on the bone, easy for me to say, for Juju to put up a wide receiver two season. If they don't draft somebody in round one, it ends up being a round two guy, round three, couple, and they try to, you know, get just get some bodies in there, then I think it's a different story, but I don't expect that to happen. Number 25 is Michael Thomas. Yes, that Michael Thomas. 
he's got Jameis Winston, baby. And if this offense lets Jameis throw, uh, I think that you could see a little resurgence for Michael Thomas. It's going to be interesting. Really looking to see what the reports are going to be there out of New Orleans. If they move up for a quarterback, uh, I probably like him about here. Uh, but if they stick with just Jameis and old Andy, then I, I might even bump up a few spots because I like the idea of, of just Jameis being under center and getting the ball to Michael Thomas. 26, Allen Robinson, new to the Rams, uh, playing on the other side of Cooper Cup. I think we'll see a bounce back season from him as a wide receiver two, even though he's at 26 right here. He's right on that edge. He's in that tier six. For me, Mike Williams, fellow Los Angeles wide receiver, re-signs with the Chargers. We saw how much they threw the ball last season. Williams has been inconsistent in his career, but I think with the volume in uh, L.A. with the Chargers, I expect a nice season from him. Not what he did last year, but I think he'll probably end up uh, realistically somewhere in that 20 to 25 range. So uh, he's in this tier. Uh, it's wrapping up the top 30. We've got Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton now with his new quarterback, and Brandon Cooks, who Cooks was wide receiver 22 in points per game last season. So these are all guys I still like. I'm cool with them as my wide receiver too. I just feel not as comfortable as I had previous seasons. Usually I could go almost 36 deep and feel pretty good. Um, now there's still some names we didn't talk about. Darnell Mooney, Devonta Smith. Uh, on this list, maybe Robert Woods, uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, the Baltimore wide receivers. But I think for right now, that tier six, again, Medcalf, Thielen, Judy, Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks are all receivers that I like, I don't love. Um, and I want to see how this draft shakes out for these guys too, because there's probably going to be a few casualties there because there's always teams that take those early round wide receivers you want to expect clogs up the room just a bit there so there's the wide receivers top 30 wide receivers six total tiers uh room to move right still a lot to happen here as we're talking rankings in early april let's move on to the tight end position now when i was putting together these rankings if you guys recall when i did my top 10 about a month or so ago pre-free agency is that one of the things i mentioned was man i i was having a hard time getting to 10 guys there was a lot of names that i uh, liked how the offseason went for them so far. Either new landing spots, new opportunities uh, and at their with their current teams. And when I was putting together these rankings, what I found is, yeah, there's a lot more names that I like uh, for sure, but I still think there's a pretty obvious cliff there with just a, a couple of minor tweaks. So here's how the tight end rankings went. Not a ton of shift here at the top, but I will reference where guys kind of pivoted just a bit. Number one, and in a tier of his own, is Travis Kelsey. The dude is an absolute monster. You don't need me to tell you that. But the reason I think he's in a tier of his own is there is no alpha B, right, in this offense anymore. It's Travis Kelsey. He is going to be peppered to death, uh, regardless of if they bring in another wide receiver. I don't care. Travis Kelsey is the is the tight end one, and it's not even close. There's question marks with the guys behind us. Now, I still like this tier two, which is two through five. I like these guys quite a bit. I'm going to be targeting one of these first five tight ends in my draft in most cases. So here's this second tier. Number two is Mark Andrews. He moves up one spot. Darren Waller moves from four to three. George Kittle moves up one spot as well because dropping to five, he was previously my tight end two, but dropping to five, staying in this tier is Kyle Pitts. So running through these guys, Mark Andrews, big year, obviously. We know what he did. But 14.8 points per game with Lamar, 22.8 without him. Uh Decent enough sample size, six games without Lamar. Crazy season for Mark Andrews. He's a little bit younger than some of these other guys, so maybe that was just him coming onto the scene a little bit more. 
what we've seen in the past. We've seen the touchdowns from him, but now the production followed. I don't expect him to do that again, uh, regardless of the Lamar, not Lamar splits. I don't care. 43 more receptions than he's ever had, 500 more yards than he's ever had. I expect a little bit more consistency from Bateman this year. And I just uh, I expect when Lamar's out there, they'll kind of go back to what they were doing just a bit as well. So Andrew's still what is tight end two for me uh, because of other, some of these other question marks we'll get to here now. But I just don't think he's in that Kelsey tier. Darren Waller is third for me, was still second in targets per game among the tight end, fifth in yardage per game. But the touchdown numbers weren't there last year. So a lot of people were disappointed in Darren Waller. Now they bring in Devontae Adams. Now, is that going to help his touchdown numbers come back up? Definitely not. Is he going to get to that 140 targets that we saw two years ago from him? Probably not. Uh, but I think the dude is still extremely talented uh, and is going and has enough consistency there with Derek Carr that I like him at the tight end three in the second tier. As opposed to George Kittle, who was fourth in yards, fourth in points per game, uh, when you're looking at the injuries he had to overcome, the dude is obviously a monster, but I'm worried about if it, Trey Lance is under center. I'm just not sure what to expect. So due to that uncertainty, I think you got to have him here behind uh, Andrews and Waller, who has that consistency at quarterback. And then again, dropping from two to five for me is Kyle Pitts. Fifth in targets with 110, 68 receptions, over 1,000 yards is awesome. Just the one touchdown. The quarterback situation in Atlanta worries me a ton. Uh, They still don't have other players around Pitts that is going to prevent defenses from just keying in on this kid. Uh, so while I think the talent is crazy, it's off the charts. Uh, the quarterback situation is extremely worse. I'm by far the worst of this top five. And when you look at the supporting cast as well, yeah, he could get peppered with targets, but how many of those are going to be in a double coverage? So for me, I still like Kyle Pitts quite a bit. He's still in that tier two and he's still one of those elite five. I'm trying to target those blue chip five. In my opinion, at the position, these are difference makers tier three. Last time I did these rankings at number six still was TJ Hawkinson. And then uh, there was only one other player in this tier, Dallas Goddard, who just dropped one spot in my rankings here. This is kind of the point of no return. If I can't get one of these guys at a decent ADP, I'm out. I'm bailing. There is a truckload laundry list of tight ends that I can draft for free at the end and play the streaming game. But if I can get one of these guys in round seven or later, I feel okay and I that I have solidified my tight end position, and I don't have to keep an eye on that waiver wire a whole lot. TJ Hawkinson is at tight end six. He was fifth in targets per game, just ahead of Kittle, but his yardage was horrible, under 600 yards in 12 games. So got to see a little bit more out of this kid. You're banking on the upside. Number seven, a little bit safer in my opinion than Hawkinson. In fact, I even considered bumping him up one spot, but I just think the upside might not be at Hawkinson's level. But I still feel super, super safe about Dalton Schultz. He jumps into my top 10, was not in my top 10. In fact, I said this guy, there was no way he could replicate his 2021 season where he was tight end five in points per game. Well, the world proved me wrong. Amari Cooper out, Schultz back in Dallas with a lot lot of uncertainty whether that was going to be the case. Well, he's back. They franchise tagged him, and this guy's in for another good season. He was sixth in targets with 104, finished with just under 80 receptions, 800 yards, eight touchdowns. I think he could do it again. Uh, does he have more upside than that? Not sure. That's 808 is really good, uh, for a tight end. If he did that again, I'd feel extremely happy about where you're going to be able to get Dalton Schultz on draft day. Uh, even if they bring another wide receiver, don't care. Uh, he did this with uh, healthy wide receivers around him all year long, all year long. So you got to go with Dalton Schultz at number seven, who has the best quarterback of this tier for sure. And you're talking Hawkinson Schultz and then Dallas Goddard at eight. 
Dallas Goddard did see a bump, two more targets a game without Zach Ertz. Um, but still, those numbers, those targets still would have put him outside the top 10 uh, as far as pace. Uh, he had 60-plus yards in six of 10 games without Zach Ertz, so I think he gives you a safe enough floor, uh, but the quarterback situation still worries me. So he's still in that tier of point, no return here at number eight. Uh, but for me, he's clear, He's kind of clearly the eight. He's behind Hawkinson and Schultz if you want to swap them around. Number nine is we've blown past the point of no return. You're driving your DeLorean off a cliff, and then Doc Brown realizes you're still in there, throws you a rope, and there's one last-ditch effort, in my opinion, before you get into Streamsville, and that is in a tier by himself at number nine, returning now to Arizona, returns him to the top ten. He was not there previously. Zach Ertz, 8.7 targets per game without Nuke, so you can't really count on those second-half numbers. But without Christian Kirk there and the fact they really haven't added much to this offense, I think Zach Ertz is going to continue to be a target monster for Kyler Murray. So coming in at number nine in a tier of his own in tier four, Zach Ertz, I think, is that last ditch. I, I don't think he's in the tier with Hawkinson, Schultz, Goddard, but I do think that if you get this guy, you could probably maybe just keep a like a little, maybe one eye on the streaming tight ends uh, with Zach Ertz. So I'd still feel comfortable with him as a top 10 guy for 2022. Now, I ranked my top 15 tight ends. I have another list of... 11 other guys that didn't make the top 15 that I still would probably throw some darts at and feel okay with. Um, but coming in at number 10, it's Albert O. Noah Fant out of Denver. Russell Wilson in. The opportunity for this kid should be high. It is crowded. There's plenty of pass catchers there. But I like the idea of him stepping into that role with Russell Wilson. Number 11, Irv Smith. Target numbers will not be as high as a Zach Ertz or Dalton Schultz. Uh, or TJ Hawkinson, but I still think this dude is extremely talented. So even on limited targets, I think he could step into a nice role, especially with them not bringing Conklin back uh, after the 2021 season. Number 12, he drops two spots from 10 to 12, is Dawson Knox. He had the nine touchdowns last season, but nine of his 15 games, he had under 40 yards. It's not good enough for me to put him in that Zach Ertz or the Goddard Schultz Hawkinson tier. So I think you're just banking on touchdowns with Dawson Knox. That's a touchdown play. Uh, number 13 is David Njoku. He could bump up a couple spots. He'd probably be at 11 for me if I knew Watson was playing every game. But you got to love what we saw from Njoku's offseason so far. Coming back to Cleveland, we hated it. They cut Hooper. We loved it. Uh, I think Njoku will be the number one wide uh, tight end for uh, the Browns, pretty obviously. But I actually think he's going to be the number two target for Deshaun Watson as of right now when you look around this team. I think he's clearly the number two target, and Watson has used the tight end over the course of his career so far. So I like Njoku at tight end 13. Number 14, it's Dawson Knox Light. It's Pat Fryermuth, seven touchdowns in his rookie season on those 60 catches under 500 yards for the Rook quarterback uncertainty there in Pittsburgh. And number 15, wrapping out the top 15 in tier five, he's going to score this year, ladies and gentlemen. Cole Komet, uh, I think when you look at what the Bears have done this offseason or what they have not done, is that they have added nothing to this receiver group. They hopefully will in the draft, but they don't even have a day uh, day one pick. They have an early second rounder. Maybe they spend a pick there. But regardless, I think Cole Komet's in for a nice season. I think he's just going to be real steady and somebody that I'm okay taking. But again, from 10 down, this tier five, you're still maybe grabbing two of these guys or planning on streaming. So 10 to 15, again, Alberto, Irv Smith, Dawson Knox, David Njoku, Pat Fryermuth and Cole Komet. Again, Njoku's the one I think has that little, could see a little bit of a bump there, depending on what the Watson news is. Few names that just missed the list. Uh, 
Two guys that dropped out from the top 10 to outside the top 15. Mike Gasicki returning to Miami, but they bring in Tyreek Hill. He had 73 receptions last year. That was fifth among the position, but I just don't see that being replicated. Uh, so he goes from eight to outside the top 15. Hunter Henry was ninth for me. Honestly, I even mentioned it last month. This was just because he's a body, and I felt like, you know, maybe if they do really shy away from Janu, we saw the second or that last month of the season, Henry was solid. But now there's no need to do that. You can stream him in a really good matchup. Or if, if Janu is clearly phased out of this offense, then Henry's an option. But until then, no thanks. Um, but for me, you still got Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram, uh, Gronk, who probably would be in the top 15 if we knew he was playing, but he's right now I didn't I did not rank him. Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, now with a new home in Cincinnati, Gerald Everett, new home in LA, tons of targets to go around, Austin Hooper in Tennessee, Logan Thomas, uh, and Robert Tunyon. The those are all names that I would still be okay. Assuming health for you know for Thomas and Gronk being in uh, returning, those are all guys. I'm like, if I had to plug and play week one, if I didn't get Cole Komet or David and Joke at the end of my draft, I'd still take a shot on Evan Ingram. I'd still take a shot on Noah Fant just to, just because this position is deep enough. I I can stream. You know, I can play the matchups, and I talk about it every single week here on the Fancy Football Smackdown in season. So there you have it: thirty wide receivers, fifteen tight ends, with some bonus names there at the end. If you, uh, if you disagree with any of this stuff, as always, hit me up on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Appreciate you guys checking out this week's show once again. If you missed last week's episode, quarterbacks, running backs, go check that one out. But uh, as always, appreciate you checking out this one. It's April, baby. Draft's almost here. If you're not checking out the Warzone, if you're not checking out the Rookie Rundown, you need to be doing this stuff. Prep yourself. I know Dallas has a great uh, episode coming out, his final uh, rookie rankings heading into the draft. Really looking forward to checking that one out. Uh, so that's going to be in the feed here soon as well. Until then, guys, I will see you all next week. Later.